Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton of Linksfield Chill. It is a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this Tuesday. Just before Pesach, literally 24, 30 hours before we start our first Seder, live here on the 4th of the 4th. And um, yeah, I want to start today's show by actually wishing a very happy birthday to Rabbi Shishler for his 50th birthday. He's the host on the Thursday um, Fresh Thinking and a great colleague and yeah. Wishing him only the very best for his birthday, two days before Pesach. What an awesome time. So here we are. Pesach's around the corner. What around the corner? It's at the corner. It's like when you're turning the corner and you literally walk into somebody and get tripped over. That's how close Pesach is. And hopefully your Pesach prep is giving you freedom and sanity, not slavery and insanity. <laughs> um, and here we are. Hopefully most of the shopping is done. If not, good luck at the lines. Thinking of you. Total sending, you know, love and empathy your way as you wait in those lines. And hopefully next year you'll do the shopping a bit earlier. So what comes to mind as it's before Pesach? What's coming to mind is very much the straightforward mitzvah, the commandment of the day. To tell the story to your children. That Pesach the the heart of Pesach is talk to your kids. That's what the the heart of the Pesach, the whole makeup, the Seder, the whole structure from the beginning. I mean, already at the Exodus, before the Jewish people are even out of Egypt or as they're leaving, Hashem is telling them that they should celebrate the Seder so that you'll be able to tell the story for your children. You'll be able to relate it. From the beginning, it was so important to God that this is a story that's told. You don't see that in the other Chagim. You don't see such a focus on Shavuot, for example. It, there is the mention that you should, that you'll be able to tell it to your children, but not nearly at the same focus. Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. But Pesach, from the beginning and over and over and over, Ki Yishal Chabincha, when your child asks, you should be You'll tell your child the four chil- the four sons, and how to talk to each of our four different types of children and engage with them. It's built into the fabric of this chag, transmission, 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 and history has proven that it works because it is by far the most popular chag, the most popular Jewish holiday. Everyone knows Passover. Almost everybody goes to some form of a seder. Why? Because it's ingrained within us the importance of saying the story. The story that we were once slaves and God intervened in a miraculous way and took us out. So much is it the part of the story that when seven weeks after the Exodus, when we meet God at the foot of the Sinai mountain and God shows up and says the famous Ten Commandments, which is actually not really Ten Commandments, it's Ten Utterances, because not all of them were commands, but Ten aseret hadibrot, ten statements, ten statements that God said. What's the first statement when God's introducing himself? 
Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am God, your God, Asher Hotzeiticha Me'eretz Mitzrayim, that took you out of Egypt. There's no mention of, I am God, your God, who created heaven and earth. I am God, the God who revealed himself to Avram, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov. There's none of that. What is there? Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am God, your God, Asher Hotzeiticha Me'eretz Mitzrayim, that I took you out of Egypt. Why? Because this is the formal event. This is the event that forms us into a nation. It forms us into a relationship with God. It forms our identity as former slaves now going towards freedom. It's the narrative that for the next thousands of years till today, defines us. We're people that are breaking out of our own personal Egypt. Pesach is the story of the Jewish people. Pesach is the story of humankind. And Pesach is our story. Not just in the macro, but in the micro. It's my story. It's your story. And that's hopefully what we're there to feel that night. But more importantly, we're there to communicate to our child, to our biological child, to our our student to our grandchild, to our nephew, to our niece, to any impressionable younger person, that they should feel that flame and that desire to carry it forward, to take this story and hopefully one day tell it to their child. This is a story that has not stopped being told for 3,335 years. And the goal of this Pesach night is to try to make sure that it will be shared again. In 20, 30 years' time, someone, another child will hear it from the person that you're transmitting it. Dar le dar, generation to generation, it's our incredible privilege and obligation to make this, these nights, this night, so impressionable, so overwhelming in the best sense of the word, so transformative, so jolting that it creates within this child, within this human being that we're engaging with, this deep desire to be part of it. Pesach is the ultimate challenge because many other Chagim, you can focus on yourself, right? Rosh Hashanah, you're standing in the shul, Yom Kippur, you're on your own journey, it's you and God, but here God comes and gives you a much bigger mandate. He says, you only do this mitzvah. You only fulfill this if you manage to communicate with your child, if you manage to pass this over to another generation. That's where it counts. Your success is not in inspiring yourself, but rather handing the match to somebody else that they can inspire themselves. It's a huge task, but something that I believe we're all up to. Thousands of millions of people have done it over the years. And now... Once again, as every year, it's our opportunity to pass the torch. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. <clears throat> so this is 101.9 Chai FM and we're talking here just before Pesach how the obligation and the opportunity of today is to talk to your children, to figure out a way to engage them. 
often parents are too quick to say, well, it's a different generation. I grew up without the iPhone. I grew up without uh, all the, the nonsense of today's generation. I have no way of communicating. The funny thing is that parents and children have been saying that about each other, that there is the generation gap for pretty much all of history. And we'll say, yeah, but there's never been a bigger generation gap like than now. Okay, or shaken or shalom, or either yes or not. Um, but that's that's not the relevant point. Let's say you, you, let's say it's true. Let's say fine, Mazel tov. It's the biggest generation gap in all of history is now parents talking to their children. So what? What is that an excuse? Or is that a challenge to bridge the gap? Because if God placed us in this generation with these children, it's our opportunity. It's our obligation. It's our mandate to bridge the gap, to figure out a way to cross over, right? To walk across the bridge, create a bridge, first of all, and then walk across it and figure out a way, whatever it takes, to communicate with our child, to communicate with the next generation. We cannot just pack our bags and say, I'm out. These kids are addicted to their phones. Okay, kid, fine. You, you don't want to sit at the Seder? Fine. Go, go do your thing. No. Make the Seder captivating. Make the Seder interesting. Do what it takes. But more importantly, impress upon them how important it is to you that they're part of it. That, that, uh, impress upon them that this is a big deal. Children pick up the signals. They can tell if it's a, a big deal or if it's, yeah, kind of, whatever, um, I would like to do it if possible. Um, in theory, I would like you to be part of this event. That's not going to make an impact. But if I can shape, sh- just show them, wow, like this is a big, big deal. Like the Seder means the world to me. And I hope it means the world to you. Then we have a whole different win. Because children naturally will pick up what we show. They'll pick up the, the signal and understand if this is a big deal for us or not. Um, just give me a second. I'm actually trying to find a story that I read somewhere, but I, if it comes, to, if it comes to me, it was on this topic, the idea that, um, People will do anything if it evokes within them this powerful, powerful experience. Um, I had as a story that comes to mind is my grandfather when he moved from Russia. He moved to Detroit, Michigan, and he was he became a teacher. It didn't last very long, and one of the reasons it didn't last very long is because he came to the class and he started teaching about how Judaism says to tie the shoelace. And the kid thinks to himself, the, the kids come home and say, the teacher, sorry, the parents ask them new, so what did you learn today in class? They said, the teacher told us that we should uh, first put on the right shoe, then the left shoe, and then tie the, sh- the f- first the left shoelace, then the right shoelace. And the parents call the school and say, what kind of mishigana did you hire for the job? And they fired him. Years later, 20, 30 years later, my grandfather um, gets a knock on the door. Someone someone finds him and tells him like this. He says, I want you to know I was one of those parents that got you kicked out. 
my ch- my child was in a class and I could not see any absolutely any point of relevance to how the kid ties a shoelace. I thought you were out of your mind. He says, my kid went through the school, eventually dropped Judaism, wasn't really interested in it, and eventually met a, a, a girl from a different faith, and he was going to get married in the, 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 their house of worship this day. And I was devastated because as a Jew, it was so important to me that my child marry a Jew. And the morning of the wedding, my son wakes up, and he's tying his shoelaces. And he notices, one second, what did I just do? Why did I just type my shoelace, the left shoelace, before the right shoelace? Oh, because I had a teacher a long time ago. And this child made the, this teacher made the impression on me that I should tie the shoelace this way. Oh, so Judaism does mean something to me. And he called off the wedding. The story happened with my grandfather. And, what, and the point of the story is that it's our job to communicate with our child. It's our job to impress upon them how important something is. It could be the smallest thing. But because my grandfather spoke with such sincerity about how to tie shoelaces in Judaism, it made an impression on this kid. He didn't hear anything else in class. But suddenly, one day, 20 years later, he says, oh, I obviously care about Judaism because look how I'm tying my shoelaces. So ask yourself a simple question. How are we as parents and teachers and grandparents impressing upon our children the importance of this heritage? Is it dispensable? Do they see it as just a detail of our life? Oh, yeah, it's nice. My heritage is important. Nice in theory. But uh, it's more important for me that you become a cricket player. It's more important for me that you do well in school. It's more important for me that you're popular and that you're one of the boys, one of the girls. And I'm willing to sacrifice anything so that that happens. Well, then the child picks up the signal. But if the child realizes that the most important thing is your tradition, where you come from and where you're going, your history that you appreciate where you come from, you appreciate your history, you know your story, it makes an impression upon them. And maybe they won't follow it exactly the way you do, but they'll, they'll, it, will, it will last. It will paint something in their, in their heart. It will, it will literally build something that can never be removed because they've experienced something that has truly changed them. As they see... It's important. They see it's important. So Pesach is about communicating with our child, but it's also about them seeing, because you you could talk till you're blue in the face, but it's not about the talking, it's about the acting. It's about seeing, wow, this is important for them. This is so important to my parents. This is so important to this individual. And that is the greatest that's the greatest way that we can um, impress upon our children by being the person we want to be, by uh, we want them to be. Right? Often we say we want our children to be better than us, but the truth is, we can't assume that. What we have to do is be the people that we want them to be. And Pesach is a perfect experience. As you sit down at the seder. 
whether they're consciously looking at you or subconsciously looking at you, they'll be looking at you. And they'll be seeing if you're doing this out of duty and fetching about the price of the of the meat this year. I often wonder why people do it. I'm not saying meat's cheap. I'm, I'm not even going to that debate. But when your kid hears you fetching about kosher meat, what do you think they think? Do they think, wow, it must be worth it? Or do they think my parent is a fool for spending the money might as well go spend it on holiday. Because they see that when you're spending the money on the car, you're not fetching as much. You're very happy to drive the car. They see that when you're spending the money on the holiday, etc., they see which money is a grudge purchase and which one is a happy purchase. So when you're walking around fetching about the Pesach food, what? just think for a moment. Again, I don't think anyone's doing it out of malice. But what are you telling your child? What you're telling your child is, if only I didn't have to pay this. That's what they're hearing. You're just trying to vent because you remember the days that Pesach food was affordable. Whatever. We could argue if it ever was. But what they're hearing is, what they're hearing is, what do I need this for? And one day they, they might ask themselves, why, why spend money on Pesach food? Get spend money on other things. It's so important, especially at these times of the year, that we, we don't build a resentment for the religion in, in front of our family. Try, ideally, not even in our own head, but the, at minimum, not in front of the family. You want to vent, go vent to, to your best friend on WhatsApp. But um, they have to see that how excited you are tonight to go hunt for the chametz with your candle and your feather and they have to see how exciting it is to burn chametz tomorrow morning and how exciting it is to sit at a seder for four hours and yay, manishtana is the best thing that ever happened because that's what you want to show them that it is, because the truth is it is the most important thing for most of us, for all of us the problem is that we often forget it, in other words if you were pushed to the wall and someone said how important of course it's important, that's why you're doing it that's why you're spending the money but make sure they get it. Make sure they understand it. Make sure they're not fooled. Make sure they're not fooled by by your venting, by how we misrepresent it. They have to see how grateful we are, how amazing it is to be who we are. That's why I want to play this following song, favorite. Thank you, Hashem. Just a song of gratitude, because ultimately... That's what our kids need to see on us. Gratitude. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. So Joey comes back from the pool and is complaining that one of his friends stole his towel. His mother calls the teacher and starts screaming, What's going on over here? What kind of children are you raising? They stole the towel of Joey. The teacher says, relax, relax. Tell me, what does it look like? Maybe I can find it and maybe see who took it. So the mom says, it's a big white towel with the letters Hilton written in gold. That's the hypocrisy, friends, right? Steal from the Hilton and then blame everybody else for for being um, dishonest. We could talk to our children from today to tomorrow about being honest. But then if they see us being dishonest, that talks louder than words. We could talk to our children about controlling our emotions. 
But if we don't control our emotions, then who are we fooling? We could talk to our children till we're blue in the face about values until they see us break our own values. The point is, the best way of education is by by living the values we want to impress. So as much as it's important that at the Seder night, tomorrow night and Thursday night when we're sitting at the Passover Seder, that we talk to our children and engage them, we also have to make sure to remember that they're looking at us. Again, it could be subconsciously. It doesn't have to be consciously, oh, I'm staring at mom, I'm staring at dad. But subconsciously, they're, they're feeling something. They're getting it. They're, they're realizing what's important. Right? You could be having the most pious Seder, but they realize that your ego is more important than, than Judaism. They could realize that um, being right is more important to this person than making a beautiful atmosphere, picking it up. And they have to see, most importantly, that Judaism makes us happy. They have to see that our values make us happy, makes us a good person, that we treat our spouse nicely, that we treat our parents well, right? You could talk to your blue in the face about values, but they know that the fifth of the Ten Commandments is honor thy father and thy mother. So if you don't talk to your parents, and yet you're preaching about values, who are you fooling? What are you telling them? You're saying what? That if the parent is a bad parent, then we totally cut them off? And I'm not saying you have to, you know, be totally friendly and close with dysfunctional parents. That's, uh, that's a whole topic on its own. But the point is, don't preach. Live. Don't say what values you want to have. Let them see it. Let them see how exciting it is. I personally take so much inspiration from uh, my own family story. Again, I don't think my family story is any more important than anyone else's, but it's my family, so I appreciate it. And one of the stories that deeply inspire me is my uh, my maternal grandparents, my grandfather and grandmother, Aaron and Leah, that's what their names were, um, raised a family of 13 kids in communist Russia. The 14th passed away during the world war, during the Second World War. They raised 13 kids. My mom was second to the youngest. And it was illegal to practice Judaism. They were harassed. They were tormented. It was problematic to keep Shabbos without losing their, his job. It was a horrible, physically, it was a horrible life. There was nothing beautiful about living in communist Russia. Just Google it. Um, and yet, all 13 kids... When they came out of Russia, when they were in Russia, when they came out, not one of them dropped Judaism. They all kept it. They're all practicing Jews. They're all keeping the values that their parents lived. And you ask yourself, why? It came for such a price. They didn't have real friends. They weren't economically okay. They were harassed. The government was chasing after them. My grandfather wrote a book, Deep in the Russian Night, that describes some of the torments he went through. Just unbelievable. They didn't drop it. Why? Because my mother and her siblings, they just realized that Judaism is worth sacrificing for. It was so awesome. It's worth it. They saw in their parents and their grandparents and the way they lived 
this is something worth dying for and definitely worth living for. And that's because it meant that much to my grandparents. And I asked myself, what can I do for my children? That they could see that this, this means the world. This is worth living for. It's worth dying for, but it's definitely worth living for. That's what you want the kids to walk out of tomorrow night. I know you can't do anything in one night, two, three hours, won't change a person's life, although you never know. But Pesach is the perfect time of the year to focus on this and ask ourselves, what do my kids pick up? Do they see that my values are not just dispensable? Do they see that my values are the most important thing about me? Because values are intergenerational and values are timeless. Your kid could have an iPhone and can watch eight hours on Netflix and live in a, a world with a totally upside-down different value system. But if you impress upon them timeless values, that is the that is the bridge, right? I maybe don't know gadgets the way my kids do, and I maybe will never be tech-savvy the way they are, and I maybe won't ever be as cool in the lingo as they are, but that's irrelevant because the bridge between generations, the links in the chain are values. And values are timeless. And therefore it's obligatory on me to figure out what my values are. To live them. And then to figure out how to communicate them. Obviously in that order. Figure out what they are, live them. And that's the greatest way of communicating. But then also doing my best to communicate. To articulate to my child figure out a way to, to tell it to my child. Often the deepest things in our heart, we never say. Right? Some parents struggle to say, I love you, even though every parent loves their child. And I'd imagine that most people that grew up in a home of strong values and strong tradition, it's very important for them, but they don't know how to say it to their kids. And the Pesach mandate is, figure out a way how to say it. Teach yourself and work on yourself that you can articulate it. You know, often we say, well, I'm a bad communicator. There's no such thing as a bad communicator. There might be exceptional communicators, but everyone could be a decent communicator. Figure out what it is that you want to communicate. That's what it is. Somebody who can't speak clearly is often because they can't think clearly. Think. Think what you want. Figure it out. Figure out what are your values. What do you stand for? What's the most important things that you want to pass over to the next generation? Live it. And then communicate it. And tomorrow night's the perfect opportunity to it. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. And coming close to the end of the show, Pesach's here. It's literally here. Tonight we're checking the chametz. Tomorrow we're burning the chametz. Tomorrow we're having the firstborn, the fast of the firstborn. And tomorrow night we have our seder. I encourage those who don't uh, don't plan on going to a seder to try to make a plan to go to a seder to be part of this incredible experience. For those who can host, try to think of somebody who doesn't have a place to go to and host them. And live it. Live it, love it, live it. Like just... Allow Pesach to do its magic on you. It has an energy. If it's worked for 3,300 years, it has something to it. But sometimes you just have to 
open yourself to it, right? To win the lottery, you have to buy the lottery ticket. To feel Pesach, you have to show up relatively well-rested, try to have a good night's sleep tonight, or have a nap tomorrow, and just show up and allow yourself to get into the zone. Allow Pesach to do, it has, it has something. It's not so hard to get into the zone, you just have to put the technology away, sit down with an open mind, don't ask from 30 seconds in when it's going to finish, right? I often wonder maybe the best thing is to negotiate with the people when the Seder will finish before it even starts. Like we have a public Seder at our show. I tell the people it starts at 7 and finishes no later than 11. It's now chill. Even if you feel that some areas were taking our too much time, don't worry. Our commitment to you is you're out by 11. But whatever it takes, I, I encourage us all to, to let, let the magic do its work, to let Pesach do its thing. And to have fun. To have lots of fun. Because that's what we want most importantly. We want our families and our children and grandchildren to realize it's good. It's, it's fun. You know, often we, we quetch about the anti-Semitism and we quetch about all the negativity of what it is to be a Jew and the politics. And we have to be cautious. Of course you have to be careful about this stuff. But you also have to be cautious how much you talk about this stuff. Because, again, what's it telling a child? It's hard to be a Jew. Is that really the message you want to tell your child? It's good to sign a yid. It's good to be a Jew. It's a privilege. How lucky we are. How privileged we are. And on the theme of fun, I want to wish you a Chag Pesach Kasher V'Sameach, a kosher, happy, fun Pesach. Everything should just shine in the best way possible to you and your loved ones. And finishing off with fun, this is Dayenu from the Maccabees, as they sing Dayenu in various um, different musical forms. Wishing you a kosher and felich Pesach, only the very best. This is Rabbi Levi Afsin signing up before Pesach. Have a great Chag.